Okay. I'm going to try to do my personal best time and be through in 15, five, 10, 15 minutes is what I've been told uh, to be upstairs. So, yes, Dr. Hood is grounded in uh, Oklahoma <coughs> due to uh, a bad start on his airplane, and so he had planned to be here, and uh, so he's not. So that's all right. Uh, we'll make do. Um, just in a different kind of way. <coughs> Excuse me. We were talking on Monday in staff meeting about uh, Mother's Day sermons and how, you know, you have to decide about that. And I have one Mother's Day sermon. It's from uh, Luke, and uh, it's the passage uh, that says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own mother and father and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. So decided that was not an appropriate passage to preach from today. So uh, we won't be doing that. I haven't preached that since I was 15, and I did not have near as much common sense as I do now. Another memory before I get started is I remember in college and taking a sermon prep that the professor told us that a good preacher would spend one hour preparation for every minute that they preached. So we're done now, okay? <laughs> That's how much preparation has gone into this, so cut me some slack, all right? And I'll try to make it move along. But I did want to uh, talk to you a little bit about something I find very important, and I think that our family ministry team uh, takes this very important. And uh, I have a question that I want to ask, and that's, uh, what's the meaning of this? And I want to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, and uh, I had a whole bunch of preliminary stuff, but I don't have time for that. Now y'all got saved from that. They heard it at 8.30, but you won't. Uh, because I want to read this entire chapter 6. I don't think it makes any sense unless we do. So by the time I get through with that, I'll have about three minutes, and then uh, it'll be time to go. But uh, this is a powerful passage uh, that talks about um, how we as as God's people need to know the Word of God and how we learn the Word of God and how we teach the Word of God and how important it is. And so I uh, really want to focus on biblical literacy versus biblical illiteracy, which is what we seem to have a whole lot of. And uh, Moses' uh, prescription for how we come to the place of biblical literacy. So let me read this for you very quickly, uh, starting in verse 1. Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. 
you shall bind them as a sign on your head, on your hand, and they shall be a, as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, and when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are around you. For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God, lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you, and he destroy you from off the face of the earth. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him at Massa. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which, you have, which he has commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may go well with you and that you may go in and take possession of the good land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers by thrusting out all of your enemies from before you, as the Lord has promised. When your sons ask you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and the Lord showed signs and wonders great and grievous against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all of his household, before our eyes and he brought us out from there that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers and the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always that he might preserve us alive as we are this day and it will be righteous for us if we are careful to do all the commandments before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. Well, with all that said, I think you get the gist of what I really want to say. <clears throat> and as, as a Christian educator, I think that it's important for me particularly and any other Christian as a father, as a, a parent, uh, this is Mother's Day. Uh, it's a day when we think about those children that we have or the ones that we will have if we have children, uh, if we uh, if we're an adult and we have no children, then think about the children that we've influenced through our lives and the things that we do. Children are important, and they are the future not only of church, as we like to say, but of the Christian faith. They're the future of the world when you stop and think about it because many of those children will never come to faith in Christ, and somehow or other they will be in leadership. And so I think it's important for us to think about how is it that we can move from being illiterate with the scripture? And I had some great questions I wanted to ask, but I don't have time for those. But there are a lot of people, even in our churches today, that have no idea what the scripture says about any important topic. And what you will hear is them say, I think this, or someone told me that, or I read somewhere. 
and yet we never dig into the Word of God and we never understand exactly what it is teaching us. And so I have uh, three very quick points that I think I can make in time, and they're just very simple. I mean, you know, that when the Bible is the Bible, there's not a whole lot you have to say to explain it. So I have three things about biblical literacy and how we can become biblically literate. And number one is this. The reason for being biblically literate, that's the, the first point I would like to make, is to talk about that and to say the reason for being biblically literate is to do them in the land. And so them being, um, you know, uh, pronouns are not very good unless you know what the noun is that we're talking about. And here we're talking about the commandments and the statutes and the rules and the teachings of Scripture. And so what Moses here is trying to tell these people in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and by uh, way of history tell us as well that we are going to become biblically literate or the reason for being biblically literate is so that we know what to do when we get into the land. And the problem that many of us have is we don't know what to do because we've never been taught the things that we're supposed to do according to scripture. And so uh, what we need to do is focus on doing the word of God in the land where we live. We live in Johnson City in East Tennessee. This is the land in which we live. And so the expectation of scripture would be that we do the teachings of God in this area. Number two under that or the B part would be so that you will fear the Lord. The reason why so many people do not fear the Lord is they don't really understand what that means. They don't understand scripture and how God has expectations for our lives. And when we use this word fear, we're not talking about this uh, shaking in our boots. Uh, I'm, I'm scared to death of God. What my understanding of that word fear is that we are so concerned about hurting and breaking and aching the heart of God because of our lack of keeping the teachings of Scripture. And so what Moses is trying to remind us is that we are to fear the Lord, and that is by way of keeping the statutes and the commandments of God so that, so that we are so concerned that we are not going to do that. We're studying the book of Job, as you know. Most of you are in Sunday school, I think. If not, shame on you. You need to be. Uh, so there's a little place on that uh, tear-off you can put there that you'd like to be in a class. But, you know, Job was so concerned about his own children that uh, when they would have parties and things as a family together, he would offer sacrifices after them because he was so concerned that somehow or other his children might have accidentally cursed God, not knowing that they had cursed God. And so he wanted to have his bases covered and he offered sacrifices for them. That is what I would call fear of the Lord. He was so concerned that somehow or other God would be cursed. Well, the third part under this reason for being biblically literate would be, so you will live a long life and multiply. I mean, uh, gosh, and, and we have a tendency to say, well, you know, that sounds like good works. Well, it is in a little bit uh, because we do what God has told us to do. But God, you know, he created everything. He understands medicine. He understands health. He understands what are good for our bodies. He understands all of that because he created it all, right? 
And so when he wrote scripture and he gave uh, regulations for how to, to live life, he did it because it was the best thing for us. It wasn't so that he could control us and to make us feel miserable by not being able to do the things that we might want to do. He knows what's best for us. And that is part of this reason for being biblically literate so that we will live long lives and we will multiply. We will be able to have children and our children's children. So the reason for being biblically literate. Number two, the route to becoming biblically literate would be that uh, that involves that we love God with our total being. He says in this passage that we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our strength. We're to love God with everything that we have. And that is really the only way or one of the only ways that we will become biblically literate. That is the route to it. If we don't love God, then we don't really want to know what God has to say. And you might turn that around and say, if you don't really want to know what God has to say, then we really don't love God. Jesus said, you'll keep my commandments if you love me. And so it's not because God is just beating us to death and saying, you need to do this to please me. But yes, we do it because we love God and it's the best thing for us. So we want to love God with our total heart. We want to keep God's words on our heart. We want to constantly be thinking about the word of God. We want to be, in essence, like a cow that eats grass and chews it and swallows it. And then it comes back up and they chew it a little bit more. And then they swallow it back down. And then they spit it up and they chew it a little bit more. God wants us to meditate on his word. He wants us to have his words on our hearts. He also wants us to teach them diligently to our children. And that's really the point where I'm at. It's kind of the middle of my points. But it's probably the most important is God wants us to teach our children. God doesn't want the church to teach our children. Yes, the church is to support parents as they're teaching children. But God has given the responsibility to teaching the word, his word, to parents and grandparents and family. And the church comes alongside. And that's one reason why a family ministry is so important in the church. That's why it's important to have programming for preschoolers and children and students and college students and even adults so that the support can be there to help um, people grow in what their parents have put into their lives. And some people grow up without Christian parents. And so the church is there for that. So he wants us to teach children diligently. Well, how do we do that? Very quickly, five things. We, we need to talk about the Bible in our house. Every day, talk about the Bible at meals, when we're working, when you're Kids are picking up their room and cleaning up, right, when they're doing, uh, cutting the grass or whatever else it is. Uh, we're to be talking, you know, they really don't do all those things, do they? I, I'm aware of that. I have a daughter, and she said, I'm not cutting grass. So, yes. Uh, also, talk about the Bible while we walk. Now, we don't walk a lot either, right? But we drive a whole lot in our cars. And so that's a good time when they're a captive audience and we have opportunity to talk to our children about the Word of God. He also says that we're to talk about the Bible when we get up and when we go to bed. And most families 
Uh, most Christian families will have that prayer time at the end of the day, maybe read a story, uh, perhaps in the morning as well. But we need to talk about the Word of God early in the morning and at night, and then use every resource that we have possible. Any way that we can make those teachable moments, the, the things that happen in the lives of our children and with us. And then number five, to write them on our houses. We had a pastor once that gave all the people in the church a little plaque that we put on our doors, and it said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Something like that. You know, that's probably not what was in mind there. But, uh, you know, we're going to write them on the house. You know, get some chalk and let your kids go at it, right? Wouldn't that be pretty, Brandon? Yes, that would be kind of hard on the brick, wouldn't it? But, yeah, and so there are all kinds of things that we could do, but it's important. We have to understand that we have to teach our faith to our children. Parents do it. The church supports that. And that's why it's so important that we focus on preschool children and student ministries so that we can help our families become better teachers of their students. Number three, uh, third point. Um, the result of being biblically literate. And all I can do is give you these real quick. You will not forget the Lord. I mean, if you're focused on the Word of God, how in the world is it you're going to forget God, right? But you can turn that around, and if you're not doing that, it's probably because you've already forgotten God. The second one, you will fear the Lord and serve Him only. You will not test the Lord not really sure what that means, but I think if you're doing all those things, you, there's no question that you're not going to test the Lord. And then the last is, you will be able to answer your children's question about your God. What does this mean? That's one of the best questions that your children can ask you is, Mama, Daddy, or as my daughter would say, Mama, Daddy, because it really didn't matter who it was, it was just one of us. As an only child, that's all she wanted was somebody to do something for her, what does this all mean? And if you and I can't answer that question, then perhaps we need to spend some time thinking about that. I had a lot of other things that I would like to challenge you with, but I will leave you with this. When you leave here today, many of you have children. Some of you have grandchildren, perhaps. Some of you will have children. Some of you are children. So let's, let's let the children do this and say, if you're under um, 18 years old, today go home and ask your parents, okay, what does this all mean? And when you ask that question, ask it as to, Mama, Daddy, tell me about your faith. Tell me, what is it? What does the Bible tell us that we should do as Christians? And spend some time discussing that. Maybe you don't have any kids in your home. So then maybe you need to ask yourself, okay, what does this all mean? Maybe I don't have a good grasp on what it means to come to church, to be the church, to serve, um, to believe in God, to uh, trust Christ. Uh, what is heaven all about? What about hell? What does this all mean? What does this, this book mean? that we read, what does it all mean? Work on those questions this week. Spend some time thinking about those. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for uh, giving us a short few minutes together to think about your word and how important it is to us and to our families, to our children particularly. Father, bless our parents today. 
bless our mothers and our pre-mothers and those who are grandmothers. Bless all parents today. Help us to be focused on helping our children grow in their understanding of their relationship with you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.